0: welcome to 2022 welcome into the post 90 podcast and welcome to our guest michael allen um who's the host of blue city radio a writer for post america and also you know one of the day one nycfc fans that we often like to bring onto the show
1: and day one post
0: 90 guest guys yeah he's one of the one of the ogs yeah
2: (laughs) it's great to be here guys thanks for having me
0: um i think Probably, you know, obviously the elephant in the room is who would have ever thought that we would be sitting here, you know, talking about NYCFC winning an MLS Cup.
2: Absolutely. It's so amazing, isn't it? I mean, I'm still like thinking about it on that day and like getting chills when I think about it. It's it's amazing. Just truly when we last talked, like who would have thought we would we'd have this conversation now in January?
0: No, our two, I, I would assume our two past uh, conversations are going to be very different than this one because it's like the... <laughs> the vibe of the team is completely different with, you know, finally having a trophy. Um, And I think, you know, one thing that we wanted to talk about was sort of, you know, what was your experience with watching that game? Like, you know, when we score the goal to go ahead and then ultimately, uh, I think it was Mora scored the equalizer against us in literally probably the last second of the game. Like, what what were the emotions like for you?
2: Oh, man, it was so up and down. I, I, I remember when we scored... I was like we're going to do this. We're actually going to do this. And then when it got to 90 minutes, I was like we are going to do this. This is amazing. <laughs> and then when that goal happened, I have to say I had everything about me because of past experiences was like we're going to lose this. This is going to is going to be the, the ultimate heartbreak, the ultimate playoff like downfall that we were We're just going to like top ourselves and every other sort of heartbreak we had in the in the playoffs. Um but then when we rallied and came back and 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 pulled it through. I was so proud of the team. Uh, so proud of how they like, you know, through that overtime section where they looked a little like shell-shocked they got through it and got to penalties and and i mean who <laughs> when maxi hit the penalty i was like yeah this is it we're done <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that that reminds me of uh not necessarily the final but you know we were there for the revs game mm-hmm. that also went to penalties and um there was a guy i'll never forget him i don't know his name <laughs> who's in the support section with us and um you know he's he's looking at Maxi step up for a penalty and he's like oh no, why?
2: He goes not this guy, not this
1: guy, <laughs> and then he drills it. Uh, Maxi drills it, and the guy goes I'm sorry, Maxi, <laughs> and that's just kind of how I think everyone who loves NYCFC felt in that moment. Like I'm so sorry for doubting you.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. He Maxi's really come on with the penalties the past couple times. He's come through, so I, I I guess we can't like really fault him anymore.
0: Yeah, well it's like you said when. That more a goal goes in, I think I literally, like, collapse and sit on the floor. Uh, The, you know, the living room of everyone watching goes quiet, and you're just thinking about, um, you know, the penalties with Orlando. You're thinking about even the Revs game where they scored in the dying seconds against us, two to even force penalties. Uh, Unfortunately, you have to think about Mott's, too, at City Field. It's like, oh no, this this like cannot be happening again. And there's moments like the Revs game where we pulled through, but then you have the Orlando and the the you know, the Moss penalty to be like, this could, you know, really easily be taken away um immediately. Uh and I think we go into extra time and we looked kinda of flat off the rip. I think, you know, a lot of people that were at the stadium said that is the loudest that they've ever heard any sporting event in history and I can only imagine um, because it's similar probably to what we experienced when the Revs scored at Gillette um, and I think that sort of sucked the energy out of some of our players on the field obviously and uh, rightfully so because you know how do you deal with that you see somebody like Cheneau absolutely losing his mind I think that we've discussed in our previous episode of rightfully so um, it was just a, an insane moment
1: yeah well I think one one other thing is looking back at it now is in that moment it was such dread and like oh of course of mm-hmm. course Portland's going to do it they've been here before you know of course they're going to score in the last minute and then you know beat us in overtime to win it you know they're that's their franchise that's what they've done um they've won mm-hmm. this trophy in the past um but just you know that that was kind of the energy going in and then you know there was that spark that that you know somehow led to us lifting the cup and i think i Looking back at it now, I wouldn't have it any other way, you know, just because, you know, it, it makes the story that much better. But in the moment, we were debating, you know, <laughs> do we turn this off? <laughs>
2: Can we quit now? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I threw my hat across the room. I had to find it later on. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was pretty upsetting. But, you know, it speaks to the chemistry of this team th- this year, too. Uh, just in looking back, it just, Ronnie does put together a team that believes in e- each other, they fight for each other keep going back to that james sands quote you know watch how we fight for each other you know that that thing that he had post game i think it was uh post the atlanta game maybe that he, he quoted that but he just said watch mm-hmm. how we fight for each other watch, watch how this team fights for each other and that's what they did and they came through it and that's really special to find and that we haven't necessarily had that in past iterations of this team so it, yeah i wouldn't have it any other way it was such a special game such a special day and it was great to I was out actually in New Jersey doing a show when that game happened, and I was driving back into New York that night, and seeing all the buildings in the city lit up blue was just the most beautiful sight in the world. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: well, it's... Wasn't it the mayor? It was some, some important New York human basically stated that this is the uh, only soccer club in New York, and oh. I think that was the biggest... Yeah. I think that was the biggest statement that I heard out of everything
0: at the parade afterwards. I think, right. yeah. yeah, I think um, they also
2: said it at uh, New Year's Eve, the New Year's Eve celebration too, when they had the cup. The guy was like the only yeah. soccer <laughs> club in New York, which is, <laughs> which is technically correct. I mean, it's true. It's I correct. yeah,
1: and I, would I think say if, it's if the Giants and I think the Jets are getting sued by New York possibly over being called New York, whatever, but being in. New Jersey. Oh, really? I think the Red Bull should definitely
0: be thrown in there. (laughs) Yeah,
2: absolutely. they got to be a little nervous with that lawsuit. I agree. I agree. Right.
0: Um, But I think, you know, you bringing up that quote about James Sands, um, it is a moment, you know, that moment, it, it means a lot to see where the chemistry of the team is. And then when you see somebody like Sands depart the club, who I think a lot of people would argue, I think, you know, he got that young player of the year award. And aside from Tati, um, He's up there, you know, number one or number two for, you know, probably most valuable player on the team. Um, you know, you start to wonder what this team will actually look like in 2022, especially because you see some pretty key departures, um, you know, in Goody, which I think is maybe the craziest of them all. Uh, on Blue City Radio, you guys had Joe Tollison, and he talked about how, you know, Ronnie starts um, Malt for the first three games of the playoff run. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, something that you probably rarely see really in any sporting event. In the finals, he makes a lineup change just to make it, essentially, you know, because he had the thought that it would be better, and he does start Goody. Um, and to see him put that amount of trust and belief in, you know, what Goody can bring to this team, to see the club not renew the contract was, I think, a little weird.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not sure what's happening there because it's he, he was— Talk about a player that we last year at this time. If we're talking about Goody. We were all sort of like, "What's he going to be this year?" But he proved to be sort of like a, a, a fulcrum of the team. Certainly, like that goal he scored in Atlanta was was the spark that led the winning streak, and uh, arguably, I think, led us in, into the cup. Uh, and I, he scored. You know, he was the assist leader in the in ATI goals too. <laughs> like he kept feeding him in there and getting in. The, I think the I think he did have the assist in the Portland game. So he he's a big loss. I agree. He's a big loss. It's, it's there's going to be some things we have to reconcile. I think Malta can step up. I think he's a good player, but he certainly has shown that he's susceptible to some things uh, up and down in part of games. And Goody was steady and good, and he had a great great free kick and could get the, get those balls in the box. And um, we're gonna miss that. So we're, it's it's one of the questions I have about how we're gonna replace those guys.
0: Do you get the feeling that he is? gone and that there's not, you know, something going on working uh, in the background for a contract because out of every, you know, major name that departed uh, with Medina, with uh, Rocha, with Izzy, and then with Goody, he's the only of the four where there hasn't been any kind of conversation around what his future plans are.
2: Yeah, there's, there's, the only thing I've heard is that he may be going back to the league that he, we got him from. Um, but, uh, but that's just been loose rumor kind of thing. So I, am hoping that there's some discussions with him. I think it's, you know, we didn't, we just didn't renew his option. We didn't like, that was the only thing. So that there's a renegotiation possibility there. Um, but I haven't heard anything about whether he's, he's actually actively engaging with the team in negotiations or whatnot. I think they're seeing what the market is out there for him and he's going to make choices from that. I know he's not on the roster in the preseason. So that's a big, that's a big indicator of where he's going. I think, I think he's gone. Uh, you know, unless I hear otherwise.
0: Yeah, probably back home yeah. mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, you see a lot of players that like to make those moves like Valeri, uh, who unfortunately, you know, we've been reminded this week, uh, you know, NYCFC fans <laughs> have done their job on Twitter, you know, MLS throws up that what is your favorite Valeri moment. Um, and everybody gets Sean saving his penalty, and it's like that was his last kick for the Timbers, and we tweeted out how like the only MLS jersey that we have in this house that is not an NYCFC one is Valeri's. I have a Valeri jersey from, uh, you know, I think back before NYCFC NYCFC was even a thought, yeah, um, or at least a thought in our minds. Um, So, you know, it's definitely somebody to respect, but it's just, it's funny, we're kind of taking our shots on Twitter now, the way that everybody else has throughout our playoff run.
2: Yeah, I, you know, is a, a special player, a really great great player. Mm-hmm. And, and the league's going to be worse off for him not being in it. So that's that's all we can say. But I did enjoy those, twi- those tweets as well. Uh, that's definitely my favorite Valeri moment right now, too.
1: <laughs> well, I think my first ever MLS experience was Valeri scoring a ridiculous goal, I think possibly in, in the cup final mm-hmm. from years and years ago, maybe 2013, 2014. I think that
0: is what would have...
1: Uh, in, in made me kind of by time, the jersey, actually. It was, I just loosely, I popped it on TV, and I was like, let me give, I was bored, just like, hey, let me give, give MLS, MLS, a MLS a shot. A and Valerius scored, I mean, the most ridiculous goal I've seen, maybe on TV, and that was one of my first. So, respect, but also, I think it's nice to have that full circle
0: right. of the team that I love putting them down i think that's a good (laughs) full circle to have well now we've taken a a couple bodies you know uh who was it that the manager that got fired the day after um they beat us actually which i guess we get an assist for that but i think it was was it chicago maybe Maybe, we took their manager after they beat us um and then valeri so we're starting to build a list here of, (laughs) of, of people we've put down um but, yeah, I think, you know, Goody is a big departure. And then, you know, probably the biggest topic of this entire off season is, like, what is going on with Tati? Like, it's literally inescapable every single day. Um, You know, you hear rumors. I mean, the list of clubs that we've heard, you know, he could potentially be going to gets longer every day from West Ham to, I've heard, Arsenal. Um, Everton was thrown in there at some point. You know, Palmeiras has been begging us for Tati for two years. It's just... It's always like, what is going to happen with him?
2: Yeah, I think it's an really interesting situation with him. And quite honestly, I thought he was going to be gone by now. Um, but the more the time goes on, I think that we might actually have him until the summer. Uh, it seems like to be easier to move players then. Um, and we don't seem to be in any hurry to get rid of him. Like, we definitely have a set price on him. I think he's worth $15 million, which he should be. He is. He's... he's it's more than DK. He's a golden boot winner, you know? So DK sort of set the bar with that as far as, like, his transfer fee. So I think that we got to have an offer like that to match it. I, I think the latest offer from West Ham was, like, 8.5, and we're not going to sell him for that. So... You know they gotta they gotta up their game if they want him, and I think we're content to keep him until the summer. And I think he I think he is happy playing here. I don't think he's going to Palmeiras. That's just that's just the one thing I don't think he's going to do. I think his eyes are on Europe, and I think he's going to go to a top five uh, league over there uh, if he makes the move. And I, I think that's that's what we're holding out for. And and it's just going to be a special thing. I think we'll have him until the summer, but I think we are going to lose him in the summer for sure. Um, but maybe that'll get us through that Champions League uh, run, which I that's all I really want from Toddy in Hopefully. this place.
1: Yeah, I think that that really is the only thing that that he hasn't accomplished. We we kind of had that that talk of, you know, if he was to stay, what would it be for? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe an MVP in the MLS, which is you know he he knows himself is hard to capture because he did just about everything but score an extra goal maybe or an assist um, to win that that award. Yep. And um, yeah, I definitely think he's he's well above the level of of Palmeris. I think we can all agree. No nope, no disrespect to the club, but, you know, he does belong in Europe. And we, we kind of joked about, you know, the Arsenal thing. If Matt Turner goes to Arsenal and Tati goes to Arsenal, you kind of have that, like, Messi and Ramos little, uh, you
0: know, they had their bickering <laughs> in, in that game. You know, can they gel at Arsenal? Tati walking off the field at the revs and I'm not sure like how much of the broadcast showed it, but it was at the corner right in front of NYCFC's supporter section. Like I'm trying to think of a word to use. Like he was just purpose purposely being like the biggest like brat that he could be to like I don't know, just like put his mark on the game. Like, you know, taking off, I think he took his shin pads off before he left the field. He kind of just threw them uh into the crowd and then, you know, they were thrown back onto the field. Uh and kind of just standing around strolling strolling you know purposely staying on just to kind of create a spectacle um and I think you know things like that because you know Tati has the personality um I think to be a star elsewhere on top of you know the skill which is those two things usually mesh well to you know demand like high transfer fees and I think both you are right that if if there's going to be a transfer it has to be to Europe and I think he you know has the skill to back up a transfer to Europe and it's amazing to start looking at uh you know as talent leaves nycfc how much we're like spreading our talent to the rest of the world and even the rest of the league at this point
2: yeah i mean you, you got to look at the fact that this is city football group as part of the, the owners of this club and they if anybody can hold out for a, a, the money they want that that is a club that can really do yeah. that. that that's a group that can really do that and they're not going to sell tati early i mean who knows i mean pep even called him out this year Saying that he belongs in the Premier League. So who knows what they're thinking as far as that goes. I don't think they're any rush to sell him. They're gonna wait for the right offer and he's gonna, you know, be around for a little longer, which is great. We'll see him in a few games in West CFC uniform this year and then that, that'll be great to see. If he scores like five or six goals in the first couple of months, the price is only gonna go up too. So it's it's you know, it, it's it's a win-win as far as it goes. He he should hold out for the right offer because he's got the talent and the skills and the charisma Uh, You're right. He's a personality. He's somebody that's going to be on the team and bring something to the team. So there's a lot of teams that need that right now.
1: Yeah, kind of off script, but it just it came to my head now, um, you know, if Tati does leave, you know, who do you see that's actively on the roster right now as, you know, his replacement or somebody that we can use
2: um, in his spot? I think his replacement is... is, I mean, there's no like-for-like on the roster right now because, I mean, it's hard to find someone who works as hard as him. I mean, he's just a workhorse on and off the ball. Like, I'm I'm just... that's why I love him so much. He's always going to give that extra percent. But I think we got, you know, two really good options in um, Ebert, who's just now probably getting back to, like, real form after his injury. And uh, we've also got, you know, Talish Magno. I mean, he came on and was a big, big part of uh, that playoff run, you know? And he was really coming into form at the end of last year too. So I think there's two really good options in there. I Talish is the one that really excites me. I love Ebere. I think he's a great great guy and um great striker. You know, he's good different type of player than Tati, but Talish has this sort of special spark that I think Ronnie can develop. If you look at how, you know, Tati developed with this team. I mean Talish is in the same spot that Tati was. And I think his ceiling is actually higher than Tati's. Uh, as far as like a skill and a skill set and where he can go. And Ronnie's a great guy to develop that. He's a, he's a guy known for developing players. So I am I'm, I'm really loving what I'm seeing from him and I think we're going to see big things from him this year.
1: Yeah, I think Talis is Talis is a guy that can, you know, come to the midfield, pick up the ball, push it forward and and create as much as he can be serviced. And so I do think that he adds just an element to that team that can be electric and he could, he literally could be the next guy that you know comes in scores a ton of goals and gets a big transfer fee
0: out yeah and you see you know looking at the development of Tati it's sort of a similar story um they came to the club kind of younger as wingers and Tati was really forced into this nine role um just out of you know a lack of anyone better that could fill it you know Ronnie experimented with, you know, tossing Medina or Maxi in like a false nine. He tried, you know, every different way to turn Matrita into a striker and then he kind of shipped him off to uh wherever he went off to. Um and then, you know, ultimately it came down to if this team is going to perform and this team is going to score goals, we're just going to stick Tati at nine and you guys have to feed him and he's going to have to put them in the back of the net. And I think, you know, one of the more interesting things that I heard on blue city radio was when you guys had 12 men on, you know, he made a statement that, you know, Tati should have scored over 30 goals this season. And like, I'm glad that that is not something that just the NYCFC community thinks. Yeah. I mean, with the, if
2: you look at the expected goals this season, you know, if you look at the chances created, he he probably should have scored over 30 goals. And that's why, you know, I'm saying like maybe this year if we can get that service to him more often in, now with the confidence that he has, like maybe he does score 30 this year if he stays in MLS. Yeah. I don't think he's going to stay in MLS, but he he could legitimately have a couple of months at the beginning of the season where he scores a ton of goals really quickly. Um just because of the chances we create as a team. Uh, the core of the team is still there. Those chances are still going to be there. Um, yeah, so I, I, think, you know, the sky's the limit as far as he goes.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we were having conversations on our podcast early in the season about, you know, does Tati need me to come over there and teach him how to put it in the back of the net <laughs> because, you know, he's getting the chances. He's not, he's not finishing them. Um, and then he goes and wins a golden boot and you kind of eat your words and you're like, uh, maybe, maybe he doesn't need me. I'll <laughs> admit
0: maybe he doesn't need me. Yeah. Um, you just needed to finish those chances and he had a ton of them. I I don't have it offhand, but I think, you know, one thing to even beyond the golden boot, um, you know, how many goals did he score in the playoffs? And I always wish that in those MVP conversations that they would take the playoffs into consideration because, you know, that is, you know, when it is the most important to be the most valuable for your team. And I understand that kind of takes a lot of people that don't qualify um, for the playoffs out of the conversation in a way. But you know, in every sport, even in football, I think the same thing. It's like, you know, I think his goal total got up to at least 22, potentially 23 with all of the performances that he put on. Yeah. I think he scored in each of the first two. Mm-hmm. And if you look
2: at his assists created too, as far as like the year yeah. goes and the playoffs goes, he he was actually, you know, I think second in assists as far as, far as like goal total and assists. Um, he was a, He's a player who like creates like I, half. I think he
1: finished last in the voting.
2: It's so, it's so I weird. Think he, yeah. Because when you think about it, for me, when you think about an MVP, I think about someone who their team really can't function very well without. We take Carlos Gil out of out of New England; they still won. I think if you take Tati yep. out of out of NYCFC, they they, they drop off precipitously after that.
0: Uh, so yeah, when 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 the MVP con- or the MVP was announced on Twitter, that was like our exact angle, um, and we you know threw it out there and applied the correct hashtag so we could potentially get some Revs fans' engagement. Um, and that was, like, our exact thing. You know, I remember saying that almost verbatim to some Revs fan that, like, you know, without Gil, are you guys really that bad of a team? Like, I don't think so. You know, without Tati, we are nothing. Like, we genuinely yeah. aren't score nothing. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, I think you're spot on with that.
2: Yeah, that's something we got to change this year. we got we to be able to score without Tati. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. going to have a hard... Our thing when he leaves.
0: And I think that's something that the club tried to focus on, you know, going into the super draft, my mindset was, you know, that we should, you know, probably be putting a lot of our, our valuable picks towards like a backup center back of some kind, because, you know, once we shipped Ibiaga out, it was like, we're an injury away from being dead in the water completely. Um And then you see the club go forward, forward, forward with all three picks that we actually make, which I think, kind of blew my mind. And, you know, thinking about it more, I think part of that was I believe NYCFC two is looking, you know, pretty good, but is sort of like the first team in where a striker is a necessary position to, you know, build some depth in. Um and that, you know, that doubly works for us because as the NYCFC two gets going, you know, we could potentially call people up if somebody's like banging in goals to the first team where there's jobs, you know, the the nine job or a striker job is something that is up for grabs this year.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think the I think I think our super draft was largely just about the MLS next league. I think it was largely that we're filling out that roster, getting some forwards on there. And if there's somebody who can step it up and suddenly becomes like, Oh hey, he's a legitimate replacement for Tati in certain situations, maybe that's a great thing. But I think that's that was all about that second team that we're filling out there. I, I figured that out when we did the trade, and we dropped down. And we just got that, you know, allocation money. That's something we're going to bring in other players. We have we have money to spend, uh, so who knows what we're going to bring in? But we we have money to spend on backup center backs and people that are actually going to really compete for time with the first team. So I think this is the the drafts were all about uh, that ne- that second team that we're filling out the roster for.
0: Do you have any worry that we haven't made any you know splash transfers yet? No, not really.
2: I think they're being smart. I mean, if anything, it taught me this year is to trust David Lee. I think he did an excellent job filling out the roster and getting guys at the right time, you know, in the right minutes. And it costs, it costs less to transfer somebody in the summer. So I think that's a big thing. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors in, in fact as like, signings go. This this whole new COVID wave is like put the the kibosh on a lot of like signings and a lot of movement from players. And I think that it's we're just making the smart signings and the, the ones that we run we and we're not going to sign somebody just for the sake of signing somebody. We have a good enough team to compete in this league even at the place we are now. We got 2 DP slots and a lot of money to spend on other players. So I think we're going to get the right the right spot. And we have you know again, City Football Group, they have the best scouting, one of the best scouting uh, you know structures in the world. So we're going to find those players that can come in and make an immediate impact. And I think it just takes time to do that. So I, that's the one thing that I came out of this year with is I trust David Lee. I think he's really on the ball with, with what he's doing is creating this club. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, i I'd, I'd agree. And I think that, um, you know, we're we're in a position where we just won the MLS cup. Um, I think the front office obviously knows how insanely difficult it would be to go on and, and repeat anyways. Um, so they're probably in a position where they don't want to make signings unless it's the exact perfect signing um, for them for the right price um because at the end of the day you know it is insanely hard to go and repeat and that's probably you know what they're looking at going forward in, in this next season
2: and it just got harder for us to repeat too with toronto's moves and with uh you know everybody's getting new england's like got legit as well like this they're, they're going to be better than they were last year and Toronto's going to be significantly yeah. better than they were
0: And I think, like you said, you know, our team is good enough that we don't we're not forced into making transfers to really shore up any holes. But beyond that, you know, our academy is also good enough that, you know, if you're not severely lacking in a position that, you know, needs attention, um, you know, we have young guys like Tavon Gray. That can step up into roles um, that, you know, you couldn't imagine, I think if you're Tavon Gray, that you would have to step up into a role and start all four playoff games on an MLS Cup run at 19 years old. And you see us, you know, making some moves with homegrown contracts for, you know, Nico Nico Benalcazar and JJ and Kwaku. Um, bringing these guys along with us to preseason too so they can start to get into Ronnie's system which i think we've learned over the the course of early 2021 and also the mls is back tournament that there are definitely some growing pains as you get into the way that ronnie wants to play um so i think it's good to start you know getting those guys kick-started um in the preseason here you know as early as tomorrow I guess we were meant to play Orlando, and for whatever reason, we've now flexed that to a Red Bulls game. So, I guess we have a derby tomorrow. I can't believe that's already <laughs> happening.
1: <laughs> playing that team in New Jersey. Yeah. yeah seriously.
0: Yeah, it's it's. Um, it's... I
2: wish we could watch that game tomorrow. I wish there was a way to stream it because I'd love to see what this team is made up of. I mean, preseason games mean mean very little as far as like things go. It's just getting the club back on the same page. But I feel yeah. like we just ended our season. I guess that's the deal with playing an in, in MLS Cup is that I feel like we're, we're still sort of like just two weeks away from that celebration. So uh, I, I'm curious to see what what happens when we don't have Sands, when we don't have those players, like, you know, how he feels in those people and who he's thinking about with these young kids that are coming up through the academy. Some of those guys, you're right, they're going to be the backups this year. We don't have a backup for Callens right now, so I'm hoping that, uh, that we have a homegrown player that can step up and do that if they want, you know. Cause that, was the, that to me, is the biggest thing of losing Sands. You lose a guy who can back up two or three positions yep. and play a starting 11 position uh, you know, as well. We miss that utility player, and we don't have that this year. And Collins, to me, that's the biggest need we need to fill. We need to find a backup for him because he's going to be gone some this year, and we don't have someone to step in that spot.
1: I think it's possible that that Tavon can fill that role with Tenor home coming back. Um, I think it's possible. I don't think it's ideal, but I do think it's possible. Um, for him to kind of fill in that role. I believe he played center back when he was younger. Mm-hmm. He definitely uh, has a past. He has a past yeah. in, in playing center back. Um, obviously not at this level, but I think it's it's something that can happen. Probably not desired, but it can happen. And, and also um, Alfredo, which I hate at center back, but it is possible.
2: Well. <laughs> <laughs> I had never see Alfredo at center back again. I, I, I'll be happy. That's fine. I, I can do... <laughs> I love. He really came on at the end of the year and and was a really big part of the playoff run. But uh, he was not playing center back when he was
0: doing that. So let's never do that again. As far as I'm concerned, (laughs) do you? This is a little off. I think what we plan to talk about, but do you have any thoughts on um, what I think should be a big battle between Tinnerholm and Tavon for a starting position in this team? I think when Tinnerholm comes back, and I think it's gonna. I mean,
2: having these knee injuries like are, are really hard to like. No, sorry, it wasn't a knee injury, but the, this injury that he he suffered was a pretty bad injury. So it's going to take him a while to come back. So I think there is no competition right now. But when he does come back and gets in form, Tenerholm's got to be your starting ba- your starting player. Um, Tavon is great. I I think he's a really good backup and really good uh, coming in. and maybe situation that we saw with um, Malta and Goody this year, where they starts different. You know, different players at different games, depending on the matchup. And it's a place where we can give Tennerholm um, some some rest, because that he was the, he was a player that was working all the time last year, and that's probably maybe what led to the injury. Was it fatigue? So, it's good that Tavon can do this, and he played wonderfully in the playoffs. I was so impressed with him. Uh, and it's I, I wouldn't be surprised if we think about moving Anton. I love Anton, but it, Tavon is someone who can step into that position. Um, but I think if Anton's healthy, he's the one that you're starting. If he's the one that's in form and, and up to, you know, playoff shape, he's, he's, he's the one you're starting, uh, just because he's, he's been that guy for us. He is that guy for us. Um, and Tavon is just getting there. He's still developing.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, maybe, you know, wrapping this up, the last thing to really talk about is what, what do you think expectations for the CONCACAF champions league should be? Um, cause I think you know us certainly and you certainly you mentioned at the beginning of the episode you know what we want at this point is another trophy do you think that that especially with some of the key departures that we had is something realistic for fans to be expecting of us
2: I do actually i think it's you know it's 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 hard because there's never been an mls winner um and mm-hmm. so like you know we know chances are against us and like like taylor Troman said on our um show this last week he we're playing against uh, leagues that have no salary, like the salary cap, uh, for their teams, and that's you know that is inherently a hindrance for MLS. Um, but I think we can do that, and I think that's something that's a legitimate goal that we can set our sights on uh, to get through this. We have a favorable draw; we don't play any Liga MX teams until I think the semifinals, so uh, we can get pretty far without having, hopefully, without having being really challenged, and. We have the roster to do it. You know, if you look at these guys that left, the guys that step in, you know, James Sands, we've got Nicholas Acevedo can step in there and, and play that part. We, we've seen him get in there and do that. We we are just beginning to see Zalalem come back into the fold too, so he can take in for Parks, and when Parks gets healthy, he can come back in there. We've got the we've got the structure in place, the systems in place, the teams in place. We have a really good team. I think it's a it's a legitimate. Uh, it's legitimate for us to expect and hope that we can win this this Champions League. Um, now, now that being said, I don't know if we'll do it or not. I, I'm, I'm disappointed about the move to L.A. for the home game. That was really let me down. I understand logistically why they did it, but it's as a fan, I want to be there for those games. I want to see that. It takes away the home field advantage in my eyes. But uh, hopefully that's just the first round kind of thing. We can get some games here in New York with the Champions League uh, in the next round. So.
0: Yeah, and same question to you, Justin. What what are your expectations for this Champions League? I think, you know,
1: a New York fan, I would like us to go and win it. <laughs> um, but, you know, realistically, yeah, I mean, there's some great points there. There's never been an MLS winner. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, if we bring that same mentality that we had with the MLS Cup, with, the, you know, why not us? Um, like how we'll fight for each other. I think That Anything is possible with that team. Um, Anything's possible with the Tati. That's confident in scoring Um, So I would like to see you know as opposed to last last season You know what this team can do in this in this competition. I think they can go far I think you know everything is in front of them They just have to go and and play the way that they did throughout the the playoffs
0: Yeah, and I would just say I hope we don't lose Tati in like a shocking transfer um, before the cup is concluded because he will be, you know, obviously a very major part of that run. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Let's win it while we have him. I agree. Let's win it while we have him. That's why I'm hoping he stays this <laughs> yeah. summer.
0: We just stay, win
2: that tournament, <laughs> knock up his price a little more, and then, you know, he'll move in the tra- the summer transfer window.
0: Cool. Well, I think we, you know, we covered most of everything that we had in mind for this. Um, you know, I'd definitely like to thank you for joining us. Uh, this is the third time you've been on. You've definitely like shown us love from the start, and we appreciate that. Among some other people in the NYCFC community, um, and to everybody listening, if you somehow know us and don't know Michael Allen, then we we're gonna throw up. You know his Twitter handle. Um, Blue City Radio was a great listen to check out. Like we mentioned, some crazy guests with Joe Tollison, um Taylor Twelman. They just had on this past week, which was a great listen. He got a little bit into like the U.S. Men's National Team side of things for a little while. If you're into that sort of thing, so check all that out
2: the boys in blue getting some coverage getting some <laughs> getting some clout yeah yeah <laughs> thanks for having me on guys it's it's been it's been a pleasure and, and it, it is great i'm glad you guys are doing the podcast getting this out there to me like the more coverage we can get of this team especially in the fact of the new york market that we just won a, the first major sports trophy in 10 years for any sport any team and we didn't get a parade and we haven't gotten like the accolades that we should be getting let's let's get this news out here and let's spread the word about this team because there's something special here i think
0: cool well thank you all right
2: thanks guys thanks a lot
0: see ya. we'll see you guys bye you guys yep. yeah perfect <laughs> see you <laughs> <laughs> thanks you've you've he's I've almost messed up everything yeah he's never once gotten to an outro in no. a coherent way <laughs> not, not one time